Hi, I'm writer-director John Cunningham of BLT. You're listening to the LAV podcast. Flying Bull Productions presents LAV, Literature and Film. Good stuff. Yeah. It's the Laugh Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm the L-Train. Over there's the Two Frames. How are you, sir? Doing well. We have some special guests here in the show. We do. Uh, you might recognize the Magastar. Yeah. How are you, sir? Great, man. Big fan of Lady Gaga. He's got this Lady Gaga t-shirt. I'm trying to set a yeah. stage for the listener. I yeah. like it. And we also have special guest, friend of the show. We're going to call him Super Fan. <laughs> All right, let's see what his kryptonite is. Tony C., how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? All right. We watched today, we just actually, all four of us got back from Trainwreck, Judd Apatow's new picture, uh, starring Amy Schumer and Bill Hader and Brie Larson. Before you judge, you should know I'm doing fine. My friends are awesome, my apartment's sick, and I have a great job at a men's magazine. I like you, Amy. You're clever, but you're not too brainy. You're pretty-ish, and you're not gorgeous. You're approachable. Thank you. Yeah. I'm giving you an assignment. I need a profile on a sports doctor. So you're doing the article, I mean? Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt. We watching Downton Abbey later? LeBron, I'm being interviewed. Listen, I'm watching it tonight because I'm not going to go to practice and all the guys are talking about it and I'm left out. Tall. You follow sports? Sports. I love them. Who's your favorite team? The Orlando Blooms. Do you want to get a drink? Yeah. This is a basic context. This is a movie about a girl who's searching for herself through alcohol, booze, and sex. Yeah. Well, I guess alcohol and booze are the same thing. It's a rom-com, <laughs> but the comedy comes from the creative mind of Amy Schumer, who has her own look out on the female perspective and what New York life is. A neo-feminist. Yeah. I mean, and this is in keeping with her stand-up comedy. Oh, really? Uh, okay. She's, because not break, she's not breaking away or anything like that. She's not reinventing herself. I was, I was kind of hoping it'd be a little bit more raunchy. Based on what I haven't seen the show, so Amy Schumer is the writer and star of this, and she has a show called Inside Amy Schumer. Uh, I guess she did some other stuff, but I don't really know. I, she I was in Girls a little bit. Comedy Central. Yeah, the Inside Amy Schumer. Well, yeah, she's been done some Comedy Central roasts too on the show. Oh, so that's where I first saw her before you know, kind of blew up a little bit. Yeah, I love the roasts. Yeah. I think she's had two or three one-hour specials on Comedy Central, so... Okay. She's pretty popular. She's a legitimate comedian. Yeah. And uh, she's in sort of the the reign of, like, a Chelsea Handler kind of... Yeah, kind of... Yeah, Chelsea Handler mixed with a little Sarah Silverman. Grab a hold of your sexuality and wave it around like a cat in a bag over your head, right? I'm kind of like a new Roseanne, too, I guess. Yeah, I want to say like a woman who's not afraid of anything. Yeah, a little uh, like a male Chris Rock. Okay. I mean a female Chris Rock. <laughs> a male Chris Rock. <laughs> All right, so one of us doesn't like Chris Rock. <laughs> uh, this is directed by Judd Apatow, so it sort of fits in that. Uh, this is forty knocked up, forty year old version sort of funny people. Funny people. Funny people, yeah. Which I thought was his best movie. A lot of people didn't like that. I liked it. I kind of like This Is 40. 
but What's I don't funny? know. Well, Apparently true. he's been on a downward slide <laughs> since uh, Knocked Up, 40-Year-Old Virgin was like a high points, I think. It's critical acclaim, but this movie is uh, getting rounded, roundly uh, praised as high critical acclaim. I haven't read a negative review of it yet. No, but still, they're only predicting, I think, $25 million this weekend for it, where Ant-Man's going to get $60 million, which is a shame, because this is a good movie. Okay. Um, Judd Apatow, I mean, if you like his brand of comedy, if you like Amy Schumer, you, it definitely seems like you're going to get, you know, what you think you're going to get. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe we can table that. <laughs> I don't know. I might be the the lone contrarian here. I like Amy Schumer. All right. I was just trying to get us into the review point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's go with uh. Let's let's start over here with Mister uh, Magastar. Tell us what you think, your general impressions. Well, the Megastar uh, loves Amy Schumer, first and foremost. Uh, As he loves every woman. I do. <laughs> I'm uh, pretty non... Uh, I'm pretty all-inclusive in that. There's uh, interesting things. But it's, uh, it's a different, a little bit different take, kind of the stock romantic comedy. And the romantic comedy motif is pretty predictable. I mean... There's got to be tension, there's got to be the meeting, and there's got to be the the breakup and then the, the wrap-up back together. I mean, that's just formulaic, and uh, I thought they did a pretty good job with the formula. Plus, I really like the music. I, personally, uh, Uptown Girl is one of my favorite <laughs> Billy Joel songs. Oh, okay. Because that's the only song that I can remember from it. Well, they played A Matter of Trust at the end, which was another ah. song. All right. Uh, so, Superfan, what's your takeaway of Trainwreck? This is actually a recommendation for you from our summer preview. Yeah, uh, not too long ago, Mr. Two Frames asked me a couple of movies I would you know, want to hear reviewed or see or something. I mentioned Trainwreck was one of them. Um, it's a comedy movie, and it's really, you know, out there and outlandish, and I tend to like those types of movies. They tend to be very out there, and even if they're formulaic, but even there's something thrown in there that are non-formulaic. You seem to be enjoying yourself. Yeah, well, and if I if I'm paying to see something, I'm gonna like it, and it's not not as a foregone conclusion. But if it wasn't worth it, I wouldn't see it. Is my mindset of how I go into things. All right, Mister uh, Two Frames, you said that you liked it. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. Uh, I like Amy Schumer's brand of comedy. She's just playing herself here. Uh, but I think a lot of other comics have done that. Generally, it's male comics, though, that get to just play themselves up on the big screen. So I kind of like the female gets to do that. There seems to be this role reversal, uh, gender swap going on. Normally, it's the guy who has to clean up his act, and the girl has a heart of gold. And here, Amy's going to have to clean up her act. And the Bill Hader character is just an all-around great guy. Right. Hey, Dr. Valvoir can't get better than that in terms of being a Yeah, he person. actually has no... Irredeeming qualities. Is that even a word? Irredeeming. <laughs> Irredeemable qualities. There you go. <laughs> Unredeeming. He is, he is perfection. Although he might not be the best looking guy that they could have gone with. Like a Paul Rudd character wouldn't work here, I don't think. Plus, I think Amy Schumer's like six foot tall. Yeah, I think that's... I think <laughs> Paul Rudd's like five nine. So, uh... What'd you think of it? I was more interested to see what was going to happen with that fly that kept buzzing. Yeah, the fly in front of the lens. Actually, I'm not so sure that wasn't a firefly. I tried to check out because as it was coming across the screen <laughs> toward me, right. I looked. I said, "It'd be really cool if that thing would 
flight. Huh? There was a fly in the box. Yeah. Or the, or, and then actually there was another insect flying around inside of the theater. I spent a lot more time. I was a lot more interested in that trajectory <laughs> than in the movie itself. I, I The movie lost me pretty early on. I mean, I thought the humor kept me into it. I mean, it's pretty much a note-for-note uh, rom-com. Right. And once they get away from the raunchy humor, I don't know. Uh, the I didn't find the raunchy humor too humorous. I was laughing, but I mean, also part of the movie-going experience that won't be replicated is watching it with Superfan. <laughs> right. <laughs> I told you that I thought that that might be the most enjoyable part. I, I mean, I've spoke before on the show that we've almost gotten thrown out of theaters before. <laughs> we also we laugh at inappropriate parts of movies. The the Megastar we uh, we do yes. <laughs> the Megastar and uh, Superfan over there were are in competition to see who's the most easily amused man <laughs> in the world. There is no competition. Well, you 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 enjoyed the uh, the trailer for Sisters that I preceded did. the show. That was pretty fun. So you guys were laughing through that, and when I I noticed that I wasn't. And I was thinking, uh oh, maybe this is one of my maybe my biorhythms are down. Well, you were just off. supposed to have gotten your soul back last week. I know we determined on the show, and now you're not laughing. Anymore. I'm almost convinced that I've lost my soul again. You've lost your smile. I've, I have. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to laugh. Though. I wanted to like. I like Colin Quinn a lot. I like his brand of humor, and I thought he was the. Actually, I thought he was the highlight. And then there was one other line. I'm not going to spoil it. Maybe I was do it in spoilers but there was one other scene there was one thing that happened where i laughed out loud and then i think you guys like turned around and looked, <laughs> yeah. what's he laughing at <laughs> you didn't like uh, you didn't like marv albert no that's a, that he was a humorous no narration no. well colin quinn does a great job because his portrayal of amy's father makes you realize why amy is the way she right. is exactly. yeah. it, it makes her a realistic character Right. Where you might have seen her as too much of a caricature if it wasn't for the Colin Farrell, Farrell character. Colin Farrell? Farrell? <laughs> no, <laughs> Colin Farrell. <laughs> Colin Farrell, yes. Yeah, Colin Quinn. Quinn. Colin Quinn. Quinn. Yeah. That'd be a tough movie. crowd, tough crowd. Tough crowd, yeah. yeah. You know, he got his, his start as the gift shop clerk in Three Men and a Baby. I did not <laughs> 1987. know 1987, go back and look at that. We'll see. He's on remote control, too, on MTV. His uh, IMDb list has, among the titles, the multiple titles of films that he's been in, Men, Manly World, <laughs> Who's the Man. There's a theme going here. I think Amy Schumer's trying to subvert that sort of male culture in a she's way. She's definitely playing off that. But she's jumping right into it. Yeah. How about that? This is probably the most cameos I think I've ever seen in any movie. I thought it was like a Muppet of the movie drugs. or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what it reminded me of, a Muppet movie. <laughs> it's like Seth MacFarlane Chris or Ebert. something. I mean, she almost <laughs> doesn't even have a line, but she's just kind of there as a prop. Right. I don't know. I guess maybe that might have been kinda, better off in spoilers. Yeah, it was... Uh, uh, it's not going to ruin the plot <laughs> of the film to know yeah, just, Chris Everett shows up. All right. I mean, but if you start spilling out all the cameos, then... Uh, yeah, and, and we're trying to stay away from the jokes because there's nothing worse than listening to a review of a comedy and they tell you every little funny bit. Yeah. Right. But, no, I mean, like you said, lots of cameos. I like John Cena. And I yeah. like him playing against type. It seemed like most of the characters were not playing against type. Right. But, I mean, he plays kind of... LeBron was... Yeah, LeBron was definitely... He's talking about Abbey and... Oh, no, no, that's the way I have always imagined him. (laughs) I see. (laughs) 
LeBron James as the shoulder to cry on, only you'd have to stand on a ladder in order to do <laughs> so. I thought that was interesting with John Cena and LeBron, because they're always with big people. If you see them in a movie with somebody who's a regular-sized person, you realize how big LeBron James is and just how like, big uh, John Cena is, too. Yeah, I didn't like, realize that Amari Stoudemire was that big. I thought he was. Wait, because you're, you're, you're with your other six and seven. Yeah, you're all with other seven feet tall people. Yeah. I don't remember if it was Amari or LeBron's hand, but that thing was a meat paw. Yeah, right. it was a baseball mitt, but just hand. <laughs> Does they, uh, they are professional basketball players and they are large men? Because uh, Mater is big. I mean, Hater. He's he's a pretty Bill big Hater. Guy. Yeah. He, uh, you say Mater. He, he's, oh, Mater. Yeah, he looks really he looks really tall on SNL. You know, yeah, compared, compared to, to that cast. But in this, he's like a dwarf almost. Oh, yeah. And so then, does that account to, does that amount to stunt casting with LeBron James, or does he pull off that role? He's believable as a pro athlete in this. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not just a pro athlete. He has an intervention. He, he, they, they meet at tea shops. And he gives them soul to souls. You're not having soul to souls with yeah. LeBron James. I kind of, I kind of had the, uh, I, I couldn't buy into that uh, LeBron role. I, I don't think he really sold that. I mean, come on, the guy's a monster. I mean, he just can't be a sensitive soul. And does LeBron just hang out in New York, or does he hang out in yeah. Cleveland and Miami? I mean, he... yeah, those are some of the problems. <laughs> That's another thing. He's just hanging out with a New York dog <laughs> with the Knicks, <laughs> right? Trying to convince everybody to come to Cleveland. This is actually a pretty good bit. Well, I have a feeling that's probably somebody was talking to uh, to LeBron that way to come back to Cleveland. Like, we got this, we got that, yeah. come on back. Don't you feel that this was a way for him to dip his toe in the water in case he wants to do Space Jam Two? Be the new Shaq. He is in Space Jam Two, isn't he? Oh, they're actually going to make that? Well, that's what I heard. I mean, I've heard people want there to be a Space Jam 2. <laughs> They've wanted LeBron James in it for five years, but this is a way for him to do a little bit of acting and see if he wants to do more. Kind of like uh, Shaquille O'Neal did Blue Chips yeah, with Nick Nolte. I mean, it was a small part, yeah. you know, no, no heavy lifting, but then, you know, that made him decide to go do... Uh, podcasting? Shazam and Steel. <laughs> and then that made him decide to do podcasting. <laughs> the big podcast. Yeah. So he talks, you can't hear him. No, he's got a covered voice. All right, so uh, does Amari Stoudemire? How does he rank comparatively? Like, if if it was a competition between those two athletes in terms of acting, I think Stoudemire is playing himself. I mean, that's that's really what it is. I think he's playing with type. He's going into I'm a basketball player with knee surgery or, or or whatever, and so. Uh, but LeBron is supposed to be the best friend and as a parody of the best friend in, in these movies. That's kind of funny. I thought they both looked a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, they made me uncomfortable. Just yeah, but something sort of just out of their out of their zone, you know. Athletes always do that. I mean, I thought they both did fine with it. You know who sucked? Tony Romo. <laughs> Tony Romo was awful, but you should know that whenever you get a Dallas Cowboy. No, actually, he was probably the best one. Uh, I was he was probably being... because all he had it was one line. Well, no, yeah, he, had a, he had a pretty I articulate speech, actually. I mean, it was kind of like right out of the right out of a playbook. But you know, he's hundred ten percent. I don't know. I guess it couldn't get Brady. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, why, he was alluded to. But. Was yeah, thing? Brady was. Wouldn't Eli Manning be the more appropriate choice? I mean, the they're Giants. in New York, right? Yeah, I mean, that could work. 
I like that I booed at Tony Romo because I recognized him. <laughs> right. And Mrs. Two Frames was at the movie with us, and you could tell she was like, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Luckily, he you know acknowledges he's a Dallas Cowboy player a moment or so later. Wouldn't you have to spend a whole lot of time wondering who these these uh, the pop-up sort of cameos were? Well, I think Unless a, they said their names. Yeah, that's the definition of like the stunt cast, I think, is when they go, hi, Hey, it's Tommy Romo from uh, the Dallas Cowboys, but for no introduction before that. Right, but all, it, like, how many people know Amari Stoudemire by face? See, I don't, I don't even watch football or basketball. I kind of know him by He's he's one that I could pick out. Yeah, but the the, the crowd going to see Trainwreck. I agree. Not LeBron, expecting to see Amari Stoudemire. We have no idea. LeBron, you should know Romo. Unfortunately, he's a football player, and football players wear helmets, so. There are very few that you right. can pick out of the crowd. Would this movie have worked better with someone like Brett Favre or someone that they that you recognize immediately? From the regular commercial? <laughs> I guess you couldn't play against type with... Uh, well, Favre already did the movie. That's my chance. Right. Uh, yeah, something about Mary, right? Right, right, right. So yeah, that seems like that. were they calling back to that? Yeah, they could, I don't know. Yeah, and I want to say Brady already used up his cameo for the year in Entourage. <laughs> So you're only allowed to be in one movie per year. Brady's late though too. He's been suspended. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's been he's suspended for six movies <laughs> because of deflect. <laughs> he's appealing for the appeal is in though. No, it's it's a joke, Max. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't joke with me about the Patriots. It fell flat. Those are, my, those are my team. Like a lot of the humor, like a lot of the humor in the movie, it fell flat. <laughs> uh, for me, anyway. So well, Amy Schumer was. It? <laughs> no, she was fine. I actually kind of like her. The movie was two hours long. I I uh, think it. You think the you could feel its weight or yeah. its length. The second half. That's what the time said. That the the second half was a lot slower than the, you know, the giggly and she. I guess we could say profane. I don't think we're going to be able to tell any of the actual jokes on the podcast <laughs> due to the rating system. Right. I'm sure that the two frames. Yes. Yeah. Established. Unfortunately, they spend a lot of time just exploring Amy Schumer's character before she really starts her romance with the Bill Hader character. It was a good half an hour into the film. Yes. If they could have sped that up by ten minutes and maybe just cut another five minutes out of the second half of the movie, I think it's much better. Just like uh, everyone else has been saying, the second half does drag a little too long. At what what point? Like... 20 minutes, 30 minutes? Could you make it a 90-minute movie and still... 90 minutes? Yeah, yeah you could probably... I think so. An hour 45. Maybe. I didn't fall asleep like I, I do in a lot I of movies. I didn't look over there. I, to I, see. I hadn't heard much from you. I, I, didn't. I realized I wasn't enjoying myself. If you wanted to be a 90-minute movie, you could rate it PG-13. Just cut out all the R-rated bits. I, There's your half hour. That's one thing I did appreciate about it. Is it there was a little bit of drug humor... But they didn't have the extended drug scene. And it seems like every R-rated comedy right. has a scene that glorifies sort of uh, pothead behavior. <laughs> and, ooh, look at this, and look at how funny things are on drugs. Oh, my God, I ate a whole bag of shrooms, and, oh, these <laughs> people are attacking me. So that that annoys me, that trope. So That is the old, that, uh, that is the Caddyshack voice. Okay. <laughs> Bill? 
Bill Murray. Bill oh, Murray's yeah. Caddyshack. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it just dawned on me where you got that voice. That's my real voice. That's my oh. actual. This is all an affectation. <laughs> this is. I'm putting on an accent right now. Now, speaking of tropes in lots of comedies, especially the modern ones, there's been a push to do a lot of improv. Did you feel that this movie had a lot of improv? Yeah, I think so. Especially with Bill Hader from being on Saturday Night Live and kind of finding stuff. I think he would do a lot of improv on things like that. Colin Quinn's and Colin Quinn was on it too. Initial speech, like the the coda at the beginning, seemed like improv. There's there seemed to be some improvised bits there. Yeah, the first the first part was more like to me would be like a stand up comedy act, and I I like the uh, the editor. Uh, I don't know the woman who played the editor, but there was some stuff because uh, the other Saturday night. Uh, live cast member uh, Maya Rudolph. They they did some good bits with the editorial meeting. Wait, Maya Rudolph was in the trailer. She was in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, for... you're thinking of the trailer for Sisters. Sisters. No, she's in the she's in the movie. I don't think so. No, it wasn't Maya Rudolph. You think that her uh, friend, yeah, the, the, the girl that plays Vicky, that's not Maya Rudolph. Who is that? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I really don't know who that is. Do you know? I didn't recognize I'm pretty her. Pretty sure it was Mayo Rudolph. She, she looked familiar. She had a funny bit. Mayo yeah. Rudolph. And you're not talking about the publisher. Because it wasn't that no, Tilda the, Swinton? The, her, the one that got her job, that got the editorial wow. job. The movie podcast has no idea who was in the movie. The, uh, I think it's Tilda Swinton. Isn't she the one that plays... The publisher. The, the publisher of... She's the, Snuff she's the publisher. I'm sorry, Vanessa Bayer. That's what I'm thinking of. All Vanessa right. Bayer. Is she from... Uh, yeah, she's, S- she's an SNL. Uh, All right. I think she's still on SNL. I don't watch SNL anymore, do you? I do. Do you watch it? Not since Chevy Chase left. Depends on... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's that, 1984? 77? 78? Yeah, yeah, it was very good. Does this make you... Excited to see uh, Vacation? No, no, no. no. Um, Those were on uh, IFC or something last last month or whatever. All the Vacation movies. Oh, really? They're so bad. Watching them again. I didn't see that Amy Schumer has anything coming up. Do you think this this springboards her into a movie career? I think it's the first step in something. No. <laughs> really? She's good in this, but she's playing her character from her right. stand-up. Exactly. Yeah. Where do you go from this? What, uh, Amy goes to Europe? Uh, I, I, it's just, there's not a whole lot else, I feel, to be done with this character. Actually, I mean, maybe you do another rom-com and set in San Francisco, <laughs> and instead of a doctor, she's going after a, a lawyer. Then it would be the end of the world scenario. Anytime yeah. you're in San Francisco. I know from movies, every well, time you're in San Francisco, it's the end of the world. San Francisco is popular now to destroy, so. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> Other cities have actually been destroyed. That's harder to do those. Um, all right. Do we need to say anything more about it? I think you guys say it's a rounding approval. Yeah. It's entertaining. Say, go and enjoy yourselves and laugh. Make me laugh. Uproariously. Yeah. See the cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, it works. It's an R-rated comedy. You need to know that going in. You know, this isn't going to watch Inside Out. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, if you know that going in, it, it, it hits its mark. It does exactly what you expect. All right. Because I want to spoil some stuff. 
Alright, spoiler time. <laughs> the man that hath no music in himself, nor is not moved with concord of sweet sounds, is fit for treasons, stratagems, and spoils. Alright, I feel this movie spoiled me. Because I wanted to I wanted to laugh today, and I, I was I only laughed at the one time where the kid said oh, Mother if I kiss the belly hard oh, enough, yeah. will the baby feel it? I remember you laughing about that. I was trying to figure out. That was a good oh, belly laugh. I thought that was, but I didn't know. Because I mean, they set that character up enough yeah. to be that annoying. Right. And then when, when they said it, when they said it, when he said it to her, I knew where it was headed in terms of Amy Schumer's reaction. Like, oh my God, this is the, this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. And then there's no really return from that. I thought it was hilarious. I'm like, well, who's the other character in, in movies who calls somebody mother? Right. Norman Bates. So Norman Bates <laughs> sets that up, too. No, I thought the kid worked Mike Birbiglia as the husband. He was great. He had one scene with uh, Bill Hader where he's talking about Amy's, you know, or what's the girl's name in the movie? I don't even know. It's Amy. It's Amy. Yeah. Amy plays yeah. Amy. Yeah. Amy, Amy. Amy plays Amy. Um, yeah. What? I, those are the jokes she makes about herself. That's what the girlfriend The horror jokes. Yeah. But he's a really good comedian, but he knew to be understated. He doesn't have to go out there and hit the home run. Right. He just needs a solid double. Yeah, he's a supporting guy. What about um, David, David Tell? Tell. David yeah. Tell's hilarious. He was the he and Colin Quinn were the my two favorite parts. And then the kid. <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't even like the kid at all. I just liked that no, one joke. Yeah. Because alright, well we can get to the very ending. You didn't laugh at all in the movie theater with John Cena? That went way too long. And it, in, I mean, I've watched a lot of movies about New York City. I've never been there. Those two guys would have been fighting. Oh, in the theater? There wouldn't have been the verbal repartee. <laughs> it would have been, you know, cell phone throwing people. They would have gone out in the back alley. That felt like they did a bunch of takes and they weren't willing to edit that scene down. Right. It's like, oh, there's so many funny jokes. We don't want to have uh, some credits afterwards, you know, and show these outtakes. If you see John Cena, though, that's how John Cena talks a lot. I mean, he's very scripted in his environment in, in WWE and such. So he's a, he's, the people, he's a robot, basically. He's very wooden. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't do anything, really. Is everything, like, sexual? Yeah. Not not at all Over to that the, extent. Not like that, but he's you know he gets a lot of criticism because in, when in, when I used to play football and coach football, you could <laughs> there was at one point someone said to me, "All right, now imagine that the coach is gay. Now everything that he says is gonna oh, it's right. gonna have that overtone." So and that's what happens. Yeah, every single thing that the coach said after that, you could read in another way and it has a sexual overtone. And it sort of becomes a funny bit. Yeah. But when it goes on for ten minutes, I don't know. I kind of lose it. Well, when you... I mean, the movie loses me. When he was with her, too, and he, he says, like, talk dirty. He starts to one of the Nike quotes. A motivational pic poster. That was kind of funny. <laughs> that was funny. That was kind of funny. And I appreciate it. In the first trailer, they showed his dirty talk, but they used completely different lines. He was getting excited about his workout routine in the original trailer. <laughs> so I like when you can go into a movie and you don't see all the same jokes. Is that over a Red again. Band trailer? Yeah. Okay. Of course. Well, there's that, and it's all, yeah, what you want on TV, too. You, know, you probably have to edit it so you can actually show it on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Did we leave too soon? Because I, you know, you guys were talking about uh, outtakes. 
I wonder if we missed outtakes. There weren't any. I was surprised. Yeah. I... See, you guys I mean, had the same that the, You get that with the improv movies, too. You, you think there'd be more outtakes yeah. and back showing different scenes and stuff. See, so the mo- when the movie ended, it left you wanting more. For the sequel. <laughs> the sequel. Train wreck. <laughs> train wreck 2. Bullet train wreck. Uh, it would have been better in 3D, also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Bollywood dance sequence at the end. That was, like, where did that come from? That was cool. I so really like that. Well, I, liked, I think you know, it's one of the, when she's, you know, as because she, I imagine Amy can't really do any of that stuff. So to see that she's practiced probably just enough so she could be bad at it. Because you don't want to practice enough to be right. good at it. Right. You want to practice enough to be bad. So she's always a step behind the dancers. She's pretty good dance. She's always, yeah, she's look, but she's also looking over at the cheerleaders right. to make sure she's keeping up with them. Yeah, she was seemed awkward enough in that role to make it believable. And Plus, the springboard, I'm like, nothing. Do the springboard. You, yeah. Did you like the, you didn't like the Manhattan illusion there when they're underneath the bridge? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, from Woody Allen. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> this is a dare. Yeah. I mean, that was a good line. This is where Woody Allen met. I think it's funny the maid, right? in yeah. the context of the movie. I think it's sad in terms of where our society is. <laughs> what? <laughs> what, it, what it reveals about us as a, as a people. But oh, Casual public sex. Yeah. Yeah, that annoys me a little bit. So. When you think about the kids that like pull the trash can in front of the door of the bathroom so that they can have sex in there at our school, I don't think about that. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that annoys me. So that got me a little bit, but I was kind of expecting that I wasn't going to like the raunchiness, and then I didn't think that there was enough of it. Ironically, you wanted more raunchiness. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't seem to be. It didn't seem to cut hard as hard as some of the bits that I read online. Because I haven't seen her show, but I did read some of her bits online. Some of her, like she had a speech. Yeah, her second speech a couple yeah. weeks ago for <laughs> some award, some yeah. for Ms. Magazine or something. Yeah. It was actually really good. It was mm-hmm. funny and it was it was biting and critical. And I was expecting more of an edge, and it seemed a little too vanilla. Mm-hmm. Being actually, plus size and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I the problem with her show is it can also be really satirical. Like she's done the Friday Night Lights. Yeah. set up and it's trying to teach the team to not rape <laughs> they right. keep going well just a little bit or she did a full episode 12 angry men yeah. is amy hot or not <laughs> these 12 men have right. to decide right and uh paul giamatti plays god in one bit and he says i gotta stop making so many white girls <laughs> <laughs> because the only time she ever prays to him is when she finds out she has a venereal disease <laughs> See, that kind of humor, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was in the movie enough. But to, would that make her character too unlikable, then? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you could make her crude a little bit, make her a bit of a train wreck, but if you go too far, does she stop being likable? And I thought she was likable throughout the whole movie. But I think you need to make... I think if you made her more irredeemable <laughs> or less redeemable at the beginning, mm-hmm. then her reversal at the end or the change would have been more impactful. But I'm not sure you could really sell it. I mean, you can't, you know, you have to have something there to work with because I don't th- I don't think you could handle that big a shift. I mean, it might be effective, but I'm not sure. I don't know. That she does say some pretty be... brutal stuff, though. Yeah, I mean... Her, her sister. Boy, or to her sister and to... Yeah. What is John Cena's... 
role. What does he play as a... Steven? Steven. All right, so, yeah. I mean, he really wants to make a connection with her. She's like, uh, just, I gotta, I'm just fine. one of us has to walk down, away. So. Yeah. He's <laughs> upset that he's going to lose his beard. <laughs> Maybe. Can, I I don't know. Can you walk away? Yeah, one here. of us has to walk here. <laughs> so we think she is the type of titular character that no pun intended. <laughs> Train wreck. It's the story of her life. It's yeah. I, I suppose she wrote it. I mean, a lot of it is uh, yeah, autobiographical. Yeah. She knows she dated a wrestler. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler? Is that yeah. his real name? No, it is Nick Nemeth is his real name, I think. Something like that. Do you um, think he's got a brother who's a wrestler, too, but... Could this possibly be a dig at that guy? I think so, because she's talked about uh, breaking up with him and, like, why did they break up, and she had always says that he was too athletic. And, like, again, you would think that's what you would want in a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Is, I mean, he's athletic, but, you know, I could see it being a dig at him a little bit. Yeah, you yeah. have John Cena play that, and I bet there's a lot of jokes going on backstage. Yeah, I think... <laughs> They're slight bits, the autobiographical. I know when she wrote the screenplay, she designed it so that it would be appealing to Judd Apatow. You know, that thematically it resonates with what he does in his previous films. Yeah, there's the whole stuff she did with... I mean, she was in Girls, too, mm-hmm. as uh, for a little bit. So. so a lot of these characters play some roles in Girls, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin Quinn's in Girls. Have you seen that? I've seen an episode here or there. It's never really watched it. I've, I've, watched, watched, it. I've watched a couple of episodes. I, it didn't really hook me. I guess I'm just not girly in No, actually, I like the boys and girls. I've said that joke last week, but the boys, Adam Driver plays it, and uh, Alice Karpakovsky, uh, or I can't remember his name. Is that Mid Driver's uh, brother? Adam Driver? Yeah. I don't know. He's going to be in the new Star Wars. He was in This Is Where I Leave You. He was the older brother oh, okay. in This Is Where I Leave I You. That. Yeah. See, now that movie made me laugh a lot. And I, I I don't know why, as opposed to this movie, where it seems like this movie should have had more jokes. There were more, seemed like there were more one-liners in this movie. Yeah, it's going for the shock where uh, this is where I leave you is more witty repartee. There's yeah. that back and forth, and I mean, everyone is a smart aleck, and this is where I leave you. So I did, These actually. They're all family members, so they probably grew up bouncing off of each other like that, so he plays off more. I was trying to think of the last movie I saw that I laughed. Like, did you see Spy? Did any of you guys see Spy? Mm-hmm. I didn't really laugh in that either, and that was sold as a comedy. <laughs> so I was afraid that maybe I'd lost my... But we also know you don't always laugh at the comedies. You laugh at the serious dramas. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, definitely laughed at Django. Yeah, like Django. Well, that's it. Django goes over the extreme comedy where you have a shootout like you do with, you know, automatic weapons with <laughs> revolvers. Yeah. <laughs> so it's supposed to be funny. All the guns are blowing up and stuff. What was the, uh, what was the movie that we saw together where they killing them softly? <laughs> that was a hilarious movie. <laughs> yeah. That movie. Oh, laughed gloriously <laughs> in that. So I have a dark cloud around Yeah, that was soul. the Brad Pitt movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So more, you just you just don't like the the rhythm of this type of comedy. I guess not. I guess it just doesn't do it for me anymore. I don't know why. Although I did see this is the end recently, again, and I think I laughed at it more at this time than the first time I saw it in theaters. Maybe it's the theater. Could be expecting something different in a theater. I don't know. I mean, for the, the you know the fly probably distracted you. 
No, the fly actually made it interesting. <laughs> All right. Anything else? All right. Uh, so, I guess that's uh, <laughs> that's episode sixty-two, I believe. That's episode sixty-two of the Laugh Podcast. Enjoyed having you guys here. Snake pleasure. I, I hope you fun. enjoyed. It. <laughs> did you have fun? I did. Did you have a? I don't think I let you guys talk enough. Oh, I had plenty of talking. I sort of dominated it with my disapproval. It's well, all right. You're entitled to domineering. wrong and dom- domineering views. All right. It would, it would have been boring if we'd all agreed exactly on the <laughs> right. same points. It's a good movie. And it's a good movie. Days. Go see it if you like uh, Judd Apatow pictures. Yeah. If you're like me and you don't, don't see it. Without a wife. His wife and kids are in a lot of them. Oh, hey, that's the other thing. I was thinking Brie Larson is a... is a sort of... she looks. He looks like... Sorry, Brie Larson looks like Judd Apatow's wife. Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann, but a younger version of Leslie Mann. So you couldn't put Leslie mm-hmm. Mann in there, so you had to put <laughs> Brie Larson in there. That occurred to me also. But then I also thought it was a leak of the candor, so... Each of the candor, so. <laughs> Alright, so according to the great actor, comedian Colin Quinn, the ancient Greeks were the first ones to say an unexamined life is not worth living. Uh, they don't tell you, of course, what we found out. An examined life is not that fascinating either. (laughs) (laughs) So for the Megastar over there, for Superfan, Tony C. For uh, Mr. Two Frames. Been a pleasure. I'm the L-Train. Pox at Bonham, everybody. There be dragons. I just need some silence here in the room for like five seconds. All right, that's good. Wow, what a rude, what a rude way to tell someone to shut up. <laughs> 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 <laughs>